Hello and welcome to the Highway to Health show. My guest for this episode is Mary Ellen Reeder. She is the co-founder of Yarlup, which is an American company that designs a unique FDA-cleared medical device to treat urinary incontinence. If you have ever tried to strengthen your pelvic floor but unsure how to do that, Yarlup does the entire process for you. No guesswork. And more importantly, no kegels. Yarlup is disrupting women's healthcare in a very personal way by providing women a way to improve their sexual wellness and bladder control at home. And in this episode, she and I discuss urinary incontinence, why it affects so many young, active women, and what to do about it. Now, before we go on to today's episode, let's take a moment and talk about our new Vault of Goodies. Our Vault of Goodies is a free directory where you can log in at any time and see each episode in audio and video format. You can even download the actual audio in MP3 format, as well as the entire transcript and lifetime access to whatever goodies we have for each episode. To sign up, just head on over to dre.show forward slash goodies, or just click on the link in this episode's description. But now, let's get ready to learn all about urinary incontinence and how to get rid of it with Mary Ellen Reader. And remember, you are on the highway to health, and I'm your guide to get you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting-edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. So, Mary Ellen, you've got a super interesting device called Yarla that helps women treat urinary incontinence. But before we get into the further details about it, why don't you say hi to our audience and share with us how you got started in this field? Absolutely. Well, hello, everybody. And Dr. E, I actually got started with the Yarlap with my dad. My dad is my other co-founder. So it's a dad-daughter company. And I was always interested in women's health and women's rights, especially in college. I actually studied a little bit in Kosovo and around the Balkan area and firsthand got to see like, you know, the saying, happy wife, happy life. So I actually saw that firsthand when like they would give resources and tools and like education to the women. And all of a sudden that family grew, not just like economically, but just in mental health wise, they were just a happier people. So when I got back to college here in the United States at Miami University, there was like this whole thing about women's rights unfolding and women's health unfolding. And my dad was like, well, I have this great opportunity to do women's health if you'd be interested in it's an incontinence and I looked at him and I was like incontinence is an old person's game I don't know if I really want to do that and he was like no 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 just look into it read a little bit about it and if it strikes your fancy we'll talk a little bit more so I dove into it and I realized that the statistics about it like one in three women in the United States has it so it's not just like older people like I thought And so I actually went to my friends and we all had like a girls night. We had some coffee and I was like, does anybody know anything about incontinence? And I kid you not, two of my friends who are my age, who were like 20 at the time, raised their hand and they're like, I have that. One of them was a gymnast. And then the other one, she had had a kid early on and she was like, I have that as well. And I looked at them and I was like, how are kids my age having incontinence when all I hear about it are the diaper commercials? And all these different things where I associate it with an older demographic. 
And I looked at him and I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is so unique that I could possibly help educate other people like I did, you know, when I was in Kosovo. I could do that here with people I know. So Yarlap kind of started to shift towards that. And that's how Yarlap came to be and bringing women here in the U.S., a really great resource to help with incontinence. That's super interesting because one of the things that I was very surprised to learn about was exactly that. As I was researching a little bit for preparing for this conversation, I realized that urinary incontinence is not really something that only affects older women. And I was so incredibly surprised. I mean, if you were as a woman, imagine me as a guy. Like, wow, no idea. Exactly. And the more I talked to people and had, you know, conferences and meetings with people, the more you realize there's somebody in the room that knows somebody or who personally has this issue. And it always blows my mind because nobody ever talks about it, but everybody knows somebody who has it. Yeah. Now, in your experience, why can urinary incontinence appear, especially in younger women? I mean, in everyone, but why are we seeing it happen? So incontinence usually stems, I mean, there's so many factors for it, but it stems from a weakening of the pelvic floor muscles. And so with women, it kind of is sped up and we see it so often in women because we deal with things like pregnancy and childbirth, menopause, weight is even an issue. Like if you weigh too little, if you weigh too much, that could be a factor as well. And repetitive motion. So a lot of the people that I knew personally who had it, they were athletes, gymnasts, basketball players, ballerinas, who I always associated were in phenomenal shape, but they actually have a really high statistic of having incontinence because repetitive motion kind of wears down on the pelvic floor. And so over time, it starts to weaken. And so you see all that stuff. And I always thought, you know, if you do squats, you're going to be great. You're going to be in great health. But squats can actually help kind of weaken and quicken that weakening because you're applying, again, that pressure, that constant repetitive motion onto the pelvic floor muscles. And if you're not toning them with pelvic floor exercises, then you run into this issue of incontinence. So really the whole thing, and it's super interesting because obviously, I mean, what you've been learning so far is that it has to do with the weakening of the pelvic floor muscles that are pretty much the ones responsible for kind of like squeezing the urethra and and preventing that urine from leaking out, correct? Yeah. So the pelvic floor is, I always think of it as like it's a hammock. So It has so many things lying on top of it, including the bladder, the uterus, and like the visceral organs. And so when that starts to weaken, it starts to sag. And then when it sags, everything kind of piles on top of each other and your bladder is at the very bottom. And you have your urethra and everything as well that help kind of clench it flow so you can hold your urine in. But there are some people when that weakening of the pelvic floor, that pile-on happens and you laugh, you sneeze or your cough, and you like push down. That pressure then all of a sudden puts pressure onto the bladder and it squeezes up against the sagging of the pelvic floor and you don't have the ability to clench the urethra shut and boom, you've leaked your pants. All right. And what's really paradoxical about this is exactly what you mentioned, that you would imagine it being a muscle 
with people who are very fit and very active. In those cases, it is where it weakens the most or where they might need a little bit more of attention in this area. Is there a reason behind this from what you've experienced? Does it have to do with the fact that they're being athletic and focusing on other muscles? Or does it have more to do with the fact that in order to be athletic, you have to do constant movement? I think it's the latter. You have to do constant movement and you're moving up and down. You're applying pressure everywhere. And a lot of the times when people are like long distance runners, like marathon runners, for instance, they have a high rate of incontinence as well. And I think it's because that repetitive motion constantly over time when you're training and everything, the pelvic floor muscles, we never talk about them. I had absolutely no idea where my pelvic floor muscles were until I started doing stuff with the lap, for instance. Like even I was guilty of having absolutely no idea. And we kind of, I think that that's one of the muscles that are important, but we never talk about it. So we don't know that we need to tone it and keep it strong. And we don't really know that until it's almost too late. We're, we're going to the doctor and going, I pee my pants. What do I do? You mentioned something interesting. Is it ever too late to address something like this? I think, so when I say it's always too late, I think I adopted that when I'm talking to the women who use Yarlap and they're like, is it too late for me to do this? My answer is no, absolutely not. You are never too old to be toning your muscles. You have to be aware that they are muscles. You can't go straight into it and do two a days. You're not going to do yourself any good with that. Muscle rehabilitation, as you know, and how everybody should know, is it's a slow and steady process. You have to be very delicate with it. It's not going to happen overnight. You can't push it. Your muscles are delicate, and your pelvic floor muscles are especially delicate because they are so weakened if you have urinary incontinence. So what I always want to tell everybody is you're not too late to get control for your incontinence. You just have to have like the ability to go to your doctor or somebody and go, okay, how do I fix it? What are the tools and the resources I need to fix it? Like we have with the ER lab, we have people who are like in their eighties, early nineties who are doing it. And I love it. I love it. Now on the other side of the coin, is it ever too soon to start doing this and to start kind of like preventing this. If you hear that, oh, you know what, my mom developed something like this, or my older sister has some issues because we're both athletic. Is it ever too soon? Or are there other alternatives before you get to that point of actually having urine leak? My personal opinion is no, it's never too early. Because some places have shown that your pelvic floor actually weakens when you're in, it starts to weaken when you're in your 20s. And so that's, pretty early. And so you kind of want to make sure that you're toned and you know how to tone them. That's the key thing is you want to know where the muscles are and how to do it properly. And I think that that's where we kind of get astray when physical therapists and healthcare professionals say, do your kegels. Everybody's heard, do your kegels, make sure you're doing them, make sure you're doing them diligently. But a lot of people just don't know how to do it. And that's where the Yarlap comes in to make sure that you do it correctly every single time. But I don't think you're too early to maintain tone of that pelvic floor muscle. I think that, that doing it as a preventative measure is a great thing as well. Now, the Kegels really work? <laughs> yes. So they do for the most part. But the key, again, is you want to make sure that you're doing it correctly. And that's where a lot of people don't hit the mark. So it's actually been clinically shown that well over 50% of women who try to do Kegels can't do them correctly even when they have like written instructions in a pamphlet. And to me, that's, 
that's a lot. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard because when you go to the gym and you want to learn how to do a certain lift, you have somebody spot you. Exactly, exactly. And then here you're like, I can't have anybody spot me because the only entrance way is into the vagina and you don't want to have people, you know, spotting you there. But it's really difficult because again, we never talked about those muscles. So a lot of people don't even know where those muscles are. And so trying to initiate them and engage them for the correct amount of time is also difficult. You want to make sure that you hold them for like five to 10 seconds and then you rest five to 10 seconds, hold it five to 10 seconds, rest it. But a lot of people fall into the category where they start to clench their rear end, their abs, their inner thigh, and all of a sudden their whole body gets tight. And that's not what you want to do because you're not engaging your pelvic floor at that time. My key is if you're clenching your rear end, you're probably not doing it correctly. You're just clenching your butt for 10 seconds. I see. I see. So that's actually what's very interesting because you're absolutely right. What you hear is most people will just recommend, will do your Kegels, you know, especially when you go to like an OBGYN's office after pregnancy. So after childbirth, actually, they start recommending these things even before that to strengthen the pelvic floor. And we tend to think that this is just for older people, right? Right. Uh, but what you're sharing with us is that, sure, okay, let's spend some time and let's remember to do the Kegels, which most people don't even remember to do regularly, comes the fact that most of them aren't really doing them right. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And that's where Kegel trainers like Yarlab, Yarlab's a little different. So we say that we're a Kegel trainer, but we actually do the entire workout for you. But tools like that really help women who either want to maintain their continence, like they have no problem, but they're like, my mom or my grandma, I've seen it and I don't want that to happen to me. These tools, or again, they have this issue and they're like, what do I do? The tools like Yarlap, like those Kegel exercise trainers, they help you make sure that you're on track or that you're trying to engage the right muscle. You want to kind of do some research on that, but tools like that really help with when a doctor says, do your Kegel or a physical therapist says, do them. You're not going, okay. And you're sitting there clenching your butt for, you know, 20 minutes a day because that's not going to do you anything. And you're going to go back and you're going to go, I did nothing. That's nothing. So that's why you kind of want to make sure that you have a trainer or a buddy or something like that with you telling you, okay, yeah, you're doing it. Good job. Now you mentioned again, something interesting and it is about the time and the frequency of doing this, because it's just like with any other muscle, I guess, that you're working out, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Or like, oh my God, I started noticing some incontinence, then I'm going to start doing the Kegels or even the Yarlup, and then it's going to be sorted out for the rest of the day or for tomorrow or that's it. So before we go into the Yarlup per se, in terms of strengthening your pelvic floor muscles, how often or what is the recommendation for people to be doing, for instance, their kegels? Because this is something that anyone can do. Right. That's my name. Everybody should be doing kegels. And it depends. So a lot of the times when we'll talk to women, they're like, I've been told to do them every day forever. And yeah, you can do that. That's great. But you want to make sure that you're doing them correctly and that you're actually holding them for the right amount of time. For instance, what we tell people is if you try to do a Kegel, there are different ways that you're going to read about it on the internet, right? You're going to see it lying down, sitting up with your feet in the air, or pretend that you're on the bathroom or actually be on a toilet. You have so many different options. And what you want to do is you want to clench it for about five seconds, release it for five seconds, 
clench for five seconds, release for five seconds. Those are rapid movements. Those are rapid exercises. And you can do that for like a minute, 30 seconds if you would like to. But the key is that you have to do that. If you're doing it in 30 seconds, you want to do it constantly throughout the day because doing it for 30 seconds a day, I'm sure as you will know, that's not going to do anything. Making sure that you're clenching it for 30 seconds a day you're not going to see a good result just doing it that little. Five minutes a day, still too little. You want to be doing it about a total of 20 minutes. And that's when you're doing them correctly every single time. So for instance, maybe when you're driving, every time you hit a stop sign or a stop light, try to do them. That would be a key. That's one of the things that I do is every time you're sitting in traffic and you're like, okay, I guess I'll do it now. You're just sitting there that's fine as well. You just want to make sure that you're doing them enough amount of time that you actually get the benefits that you're reading about. Exactly. Because it's also about, you know, whenever you're working out a muscle, it's also about the volume. So you don't go to the gym and do three reps and then you're done. You know, you go and you do a few of them and then you rest for a little bit and then you do another few ones. But let's go into specifically into the Yarlup because I was reading about it and it's actually quite an, quite an interesting device. And I know you've got a bunch of different approvals. You know, you've got an FDA approval. You're also approved here in Europe. So tell me a little bit about it. How did you decide to go into that? And you mentioned a bit about how your dad kind of like invited you into it, but is that kind of his background? Yeah. So my dad is a med- yeah, he's a medical device engineer and he was actually on the team. He was one of the people on team to create a similar device for postpartum women for the national healthcare systems of France, Great Britain, Scandinavia, and Germany. Women there, once they're postpartum and they get the AOK to start working out, they're given a postpartum device to help train the pelvic floor muscle so you prevent things like incontinence down the road. And we actually had a family friend who had incontinence pretty severely. And my dad said, oh, assuming that It was kind of the same here in the United States as it is in Germany and goes, oh, just go to your doctor and get it and get it over the counter. You'll be fine. Well, there was nothing like that. There was nothing like this device available. So we went through the process. It was a many year process. The Yarlab didn't just happen overnight, like, you know, happen over six months. Nothing like that ever happens when you're, you know, you had to go through clinical controls and all an FDA process. And now we're able to say, if your doctor has told you to do kegels or your physical therapist or anybody, and you're not sure if you're doing them correctly, you can get us, you can get us online and, you know, just one click away. And that's really, really nice. And we've heard multiple people actually come to us because they weren't sure if they were doing the kegels correctly. They're like, I think I am, but I'm not seeing the results. So here's my last bet. And we're like, all right. I got you. So it's basically an over-the-counter solution. So people don't really need to go see a doctor. They don't need to get a prescription or anything like that. They just go to the website, order it, and they get it. Where in the world can they get this right now? We're cleared in the United States. So if you're within the United States, you can do that. Working on some stuff for overseas. But right now, we're just focusing on the United States and making sure women in the United States don't have this issue. I think one in three is way too many. So we're looking to cut that down drastically. <laughs> Sounds good. Now, how does the device itself work? So the Yarlap is small and discreet. The part that actually goes inside of you is pretty small. And you insert it like a tampon and you pick the program that's right for you. And you pick the contraction level that feels comfortable for you. 
That way it's all personalized. Every woman is different. So we all feel a different contraction at a different level. One size doesn't fit all. So you get to control that. And then that's it. The R-Lab does the pelvic floor workout, work-rest ratio for you. We have a lot of people who are like, it's doing a weird pattern. It's not clenching the entire time. I'm like, you don't want to have it clenched for 20 minutes straight. That's very bad. <laughs> That's too much. And so the Yarlap has actually been designed with the clinically proven preset programs that do the work rest ratio that, again, your doctor or your physical therapist has told you to do. So we just kind of make sure that you are in line with what you've read about and what you've been told to by your healthcare professional. Okay. And how do you know which is the right pattern for you? Because obviously, I mean, the intensity you can regulate based on how you're feeling. It shouldn't be, you know, painful or uncomfortable or anything like that. But the pattern, you mentioned the first that you choose a pattern that's right for you. How do you know? So the great thing with the Yarlap is that it doesn't matter which program you pick. Either way, no matter which one, you're going to get a positive outcome. So it's kind of like, I laugh and I think this is funny. Most people probably won't, but I always say it's kind of like uh, using the RLP as like the Kegel for dummy, that book, remember? And I don't know if that's a copyright infringement, so you might want to cut that out. But that part is, there's no guesswork involved. There's like not really a, it's, it's kind of a fail-safe measure to make sure that you're doing it correctly every single time. And when you have like incontinence where you last needs coffee pee, you have a different rest work rest ratio for those ones you kind of want to make sure that you have a longer pause and a longer clench urge as well the same thing and for mixed incontinence you want to have the same thing as well but when you're relaxing the pelvic floor muscles you want to kind of do it in shorter bursts and so that's what we do there and so the yarlap not only teaches you to work on and clench them but also to relax the pelvic floor muscles as well, because to have pelvic floor muscle control, um, you want to be able to not only clench, but relax on command. And so the RLAP teaches you to do that. Exactly. Yeah. You need to be able to do both because just like you said, you cannot be constantly clenching. It's simply not good. Now, how long does, does a session, is it sessions? How long does one of these sessions normally take? Um, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. So normally people will just schedule 20 minutes in their day and just lying down, use the device, and then they're good to go. Yeah. So with the yard lab, you can actually walk around. We have people who swear by going up and down stairs. Everybody's different. So we all hear different stories, but you can multitask with the yard lab because it is small and discreet. So you're not having to like lie down the entire time, but we have plenty of people who do that as well. It's all about your own personal comfort and it's 20 minutes all in once you do it three to five times a week, and then that's it. And you get a slow and steady progression to where you get pelvic floor muscle control. All right. I think that's actually pretty good because a lot of the times what stops people from pursuing these things is that it, quote unquote, gets in the way of their life. And they're like, well, I've got other things to do. Like this wasn't important, right? But they start thinking that, they need to schedule it, like kind of like going to the gym and kind of like doing all these other things. So if this is something that I'm thinking, you know, a young mother can do this while, you know, fixing dinner or something along those lines. And is this something that you do kind of like every day? No. So again, with pelvic floor muscle rehabilitation, you want to make sure that you got some rest days in there as well, which is why we tell everybody anywhere between three to five times a week. That kind of, you want to make sure you have those rest days where your pelvic floor muscle can take a breather. That's very, very important. I see. Now, if this is actually kind of like kegels for dummies and it helps you 
get your kegels done, then I'm guessing it also has, besides incontinence, it also has a positive effect in the bedroom, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, of course, you probably cannot market that and you're not going to get an FDA approval for that, you know, because it also has to do with the pelvic floor muscles. Yeah. So the same muscles that contract during orgasm are the same ones that you're initiating with pelvic floor exercises, the pelvic floor muscle. Your clitoris runs along the pelvic floor muscles. And so with body muscle memory, when your body is getting ready to have an orgasm, it knows what to do because it's very familiar with those exercises. And so you could have a stronger response to the orgasm. So there you go. Talk about a win-win-win, right? (laughs) Now, if somebody was listening... And you obviously mentioned a couple of different points, and some of them are obvious, you know, if if you feel like you're not able to hold it in and you're getting all these little accents here and there, that's obvious. But even before that, are there any kind of like signs that women should be on the lookout for that maybe they'd say, oh, you know what, I've had that happen before. Maybe this is a good idea. My thing is, if you feel like you have leaked and you didn't want to, like you can't hold it, go to your doctor. I always tell everybody to go to the doctor and talk about it because it's your doctor. They should know about what's going on with your health. And if they suggest to do Kegel exercises or pelvic floor exercises, then definitely take a look at the ER lab. But if you're feeling that urge to go and you can't hold it, or you laugh, pee, and you sneeze, and you cough, even once, that could be a sign. It could be a sign of pelvic floor weakening, and you should go and talk to your doctor about it. Even though it's embarrassing, I can guarantee you that you are not the first one of the day that that has even talked to them about it. Definitely not the first one in the week, even if you're there at like 10 a.m. on a Monday. It's so incredibly common. Don't think that you're alone. Just go and talk about it. There's no shame in it. There's absolutely no shame or embarrassment involved with it. It's probably not something to be ashamed of, number one. And number two, you're probably going to be a lot more embarrassed if it keeps getting worse and you have a real accident at some point in public. So I think this is something really, really good for them. Normally, just like we're going to do right now in every episode, we ask our guests to share their top two or three easy, actionable pieces of advice that they have for their listeners based on, obviously, your area of expertise. So you being our in-house expert on pelvic floor muscles and exercising and kegels. What would be your top two or three recommendations for people listening to us to get started in the right direction here in terms of pelvic floor health? My one, number one will be do your kegels. Make sure that you're doing them. Make sure that you're doing them correctly. And if you're not sure, again, talk to your doctor and or look into kegel trainers. Really, I'm all about talking to your doctor and making sure that what you're doing is correct, that you do your research, that you're not self-diagnosing, but definitely open that conversation with your doctor. They're your buddy. They're not the enemy. They're not anything like that. They should be in the know about what's going on with your health. And so make sure that you're doing your kegels. And I know that everybody's heard that, but make sure that you're doing them and that you're doing them correctly. The second would probably be, and this is a little different, is to do relaxation exercises. So kegels are kind of focused on doing the clenching aspect. And if you kind of think of your pelvic floor as a rosebud to relax them, you think of it as kind of like unfolding like this and see if you can just relax your pelvic floor very slowly and see if you can do that. 
because again, relaxation is critical for pelvic floor muscle control. So make sure that you're not only doing the pelvic floor exercises to clench, but you're doing them to also work out or to relax as well. Perfect. Perfect. Well, there you go. And just a reminder, it's never too early. It's never too late. If you're a woman, you've got pelvic floor muscles and it's always a good idea to keep them strong, just like every other muscle in our bodies. This is something you would agree with? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Now, just before we wrap this up, where can people go to learn more about the Yar Lab? So if you go to our website at yarlap.com, we've got a bunch of really helpful information, not only about the Yar Lab, but the pelvic floor as well. And if you have any questions, you can ask us right there. Now, I know a lot of people are going to ask this, and maybe you don't want to say this, but how much is the Yar Lab? So the Yar Lab, since it's a medical device, bona fide medical device, it's $2.99, but we're offering discounts all the time. And so for your viewers, we're happy to offer a $30 off discount code. There you go. What else could we ask for? So we'll make sure to include that coupon and any specific links. Everything that we've just touched upon and that Mary Ellen has mentioned, we're going to have in this episode's show notes. So just scroll down in your podcast app or if you're watching YouTube, just go down to this episode description and you're going to see the links there and everything else related to this episode. I think this has been so far a very, very interesting conversation. Mary Ellen, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners about the Yarlap, about pelvic floor health? I don't think so. I think I really hammered home the pelvic floor exercises and do your kegels. So I think I'm good. <laughs> I totally agree. But you know what? One of the things that I really liked about this topic and being able to have you come on is that just like with many of the other topics that I try to address, these are things that a lot of us take for granted and that a lot of us need to raise more awareness about because the things that we're doing, our lifestyles, and just like you said, it's paradoxical that whomever has more physical activity will end up more likely to suffer incontinence. And it's not just from childbearing and it's not just from old age, but on the contrary, if you've been very active, you're more likely to develop this. So these are great topics to have. I'm sure that people are really going to enjoy it. And I want to acknowledge you for taking the time to stop by and for sharing this with us and with our listeners. And just like I'm sure that you've had a lot of satisfactions from what people tell you that they've experienced with the device, I do want to acknowledge that work that you're doing. And I think that all of us who are just helping people reach health and thrive is a very noble job. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you, you as well. Not a problem. Well, everyone else listening, this has been another episode of the Highwood Health Show. As I mentioned earlier, all the links, all the resources, everything that we've just discussed, you can find that down below on this episode's notes. So if you're listening on a podcast app, just scroll down or find the episode description. You'll find them there together, the links with the show notes and everything else. Same thing on YouTube, you know what to do. Mary Ellen, once again, thank you so much for being here. One final question. Do you have fun on the Highwood Health? I did. Thank you so much for talking with me. It's been fun. <laughs> Not a problem. That's what I like to hear. Everyone else, I hope you have a great week. I'll see you here next week. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless. 
So there you have it. I loved Mary Ellen's passion and enthusiasm towards solving this problem, which frankly, I had no idea was so prevalent, especially amongst young women. I hope this interview helped you understand the importance of maintaining a strong and healthy pelvic floor before you get to a stage of incontinence. Oh, and if you know that one of your girlfriends or relatives suffer from this, let them know about Yarlip. Remember that they can take advantage of the coupon code that Mary Ellen shared with us. Just head on over to dre.show forward slash Yarlap. That's spelled Y-A-R-L-A-P and get all the details. I will also make sure to add some more information about the pelvic floor muscles and why strengthening them is so important in the Hyota Health's Vault of Goodies. So make sure you log in and check it out. Remember that this vault is a completely free resource where you can find goodies related to pretty much every episode. Some exclusive episodes which have not been released here will also be there and many other things. Just head on over to dre.show forward slash goodies and request free access. But that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to Mary Ellen Reader and Dr. E talk about urinary incontinence and how to reverse it. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you here next week. And remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there.